into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday, October 27th, 2023. This is episode number 482 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, this hot, huge cup of coffee, Matt McDaniels, B. Cole, Stephanie Strauss, Frank from the hospital, Alana coming in hot from the GRC contingent, my man, Marcus Kyler, James Udakudu, Brian McCoy, Johnny Five, so many over on LinkedIn and YouTube, long timers and first timers. You squad members, you know you're here. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So, how can you operationalize it at work this week, which is almost over? So maybe maybe we put it on the uh, on the clipboard there. We write it on the dry erase board and we implement it next week, right? <laughs> Uh, or strategically, like long-term planning, these type of things. Uh, and also, if you're looking to break into the industry, I know many of you are. The Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is absolutely tons of value. You're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? The Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is a phenomenal answer. I'm biased, but believe me, ask somebody else that's not me. I, I strongly believe it is. We're covering the top stories. You're going to hear terminology and concepts. And to add... Uh, to it that all the people over here in chat, over 100 of you already uh, piling in here and many more to, to follow. The networking is exceptional. People like, believe me, guys, when I say networking is unbelievably valuable, you could be the top of your class and not get the job because you don't know about the job. And you could be middle of the class and get the job because you're qualified to do the job. And, you know, you happen to know somebody who needs uh, someone who can do what you can do. So that's what's up with that. Now, before we get into the show, I do want to say shout out and love to the stream sponsors, my good friend, Eric Taylor and the gang over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping pop-ups happen. Uh, they're dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? You know it. Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security. Get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. I am a board member uh, on their advisory board, in full disclosure. 
Uh, it's not a paid position, but it is one that I uh, take great pride in. Guys, if you need someone to help you get straightened out, like think left of boom, you need like a, a fractional CISO. You need someone who understands how to build an information security program. Dude, you've got some budget. You just got here and you're like, what is the first thing I do, right? Panopsi Security, they can come in and they can do whatever level of assessment you want. If you want to get fully down into the weeds, they can do a three-year roadmap. If you just want a little like finger in the wind and see what the temperature is, they can help you with that too. So check them out, Panopsi Security, helping businesses get straightened out um, for quite a while and anti-siphon training, but more about them at the mid-roll. Ah, guys, it is Friday. I'm going to take a slug of this coffee. It's my first sip of the day. And uh, I've got high expectations for this for this sip of coffee. I went with a large, the largest mug I have, uh, so I could not have to refill it. Holy hot! Oh my god, that's hot! Ah, I just like scorched my tongue. All right, guys. Hey, I want to remind you: every episode, just like this one, of the daily cyber threat briefing is worth half a CPE. Half a CPE. That's right. They stack two and a half a week, 10 a month. So if you want to get CPEs, which are continuing professional education credits to maintain certifications, then say what's up in chat. Take a screenshot because you're here. File it away and and then file your CPEs when the time comes. What's up, Matt McDaniel, Rihanna, Andre, Semphilis, Travis W., Tim McDonald, Mariana Albright, and Nathan Bullen. Ms. Jenny Housley and all the mods over here. I see Kimberly B-Cycle probably wander in here at some point. Uh, love the show. Love the community. Thank all of you. If you are live with us right now, if you're one of the 146 people who nestled in here on a Friday morning, say what's up in chat. Hashtag team live, if you would. I do love it. This this does warrant an Oprah emote. Where's my Oprah emote? There it is. You get a good morning. You get a good morning. Everybody, good morning. Good morning. Or good afternoon. Good evening. I know some of my Australian friends, uh, it's evening there, so... Coffee cup cheers, bourbon cheers, uh, wine cheers, um, whatever whatever it is. If you're on replay, hashtag team replay in the comments. Thanks for catching the stream and adding value. I do see the comments. I do engage uh, as I can. And I really appreciate that you are able to consume this information in a way that works best for you. All right. Um, what? Semphilis back on the job hunting got fired? Bro, What? Hold on. What? I mean, yeah, seriously. All right. Well, hey, um, I want to say Semphilis, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I do want, I, let me just take a hot minute really quickly. I do want to remind everybody really quick. Okay. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is very transactional that Semphilis got fired yesterday. I got reached out to by somebody uh, on LinkedIn yesterday that many people in the community know. And he said, hey, like um, th my job just dissolved. Uh, like, you know, I'd been there a month and then they told me like, oh, we overhired and your job no longer exists. Remember guys, and I'm not going to belabor this. Okay. Remember a business like labors, it's highest cost. They will not think twice about letting you go. If it means, the, you know, the numbers, the Q4 numbers or whatever. So always, you know, even if you're happy at your job right now, that's wicked cool. I'm happy for you. Always be networking, always be working on yourself, always be the CEO of you because you want to be in a position of power if life throws a curveball at you, all right? Uh, I know that's easy to say, but in execution and tactical um, execution of that, 
like just show up here, network, talk, uh, give into the system. Okay. Give into the network, provide value. Hey, check this out. Cause you're not looking for a job. Right. And then when crap happens, um, you know, you're able to pivot a little bit and hopefully Semphilis has been doing all this and Semphilis, hopefully, uh, you are, uh, only job hunting for a short period of time. I, I wish you the very best. Uh, but remember always y'all don't, I hate to say it. It's like cybersecurity as a career. Like don't get comfortable, right? Always be improving, always be networking, always be helping, uh, because you never know. And not to say you're doing it to get something back, but you never know who you're helping. You never know who you're talking to. You never know where the relationships could go today, tomorrow, um, next year. Okay. <coughs> if you are, <clears throat> excuse me, if you are here for the first time, you're like, whoa, what is this? Like a, a, a feel good seminar this guy's doing? I thought this was a daily cyber threat briefing. No, but we are a community and we do care and we do support each other. But if it is your first time here, we're about to get into the news, but I would love, love, love for you to drop a hashtag first timer in chat. Okay. If you're a first timer here, we've got an emote for you. We've got a sound effect for you. And I love hitting those buttons. And I love, um, I love, I love welcoming first timers. What's up, Jess Bishop. Good to see you in chat. Luke Canfield, my man. All right, guys, do me a favor. Uh, watch me burn my tongue again. Uh, ow. And then, um, it is Friday, so it's uh, Grayson's Joke of the Week, brought to you by James McQuiggan. James McQuiggan has been pinch hitting. Um, <laughs> uh, James McQuiggan's been pinch hitting uh, for Grayson for some time, and we appreciate that, James McQuiggan. Hashtag long timer, if you are uh, Matt McDaniel or if you've been here. Uh, real quick, just really hashtag uh, uh, Gary Sergiatis, I see you. Hey, really quick, just to uh, let everyone know, um, I met someone at Wild West Hacking Fest who's been a hashtag passive observer since before we were counting the episode numbers. This guy, I'm not going to say his name, well, Sean, but uh, just what's up to Sean? Uh, good to have you here. And uh, Roy Morales, whoa, 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 Roy Morales. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Good to have you here, Roy. I see Mike Miller in chat. Mike, good to see you. Uh, Mike Miller is going to be part of Simply CyberCon. Uh, the week after next, bringing resume and uh, roasting and, and LinkedIn profile improvements. Where's my welcome to the party? Oh, there it is. All right. All right. Yes, a lot of long timers. Great to have you all. Uh, I went with the uh, throwback shirt, Cyber Coffee Carl and Audio. Uh, dug that out. Hashtag long timer. All right, guys. I'm going to have to. I see you blue badge, uh, beautiful people. Uh, Alana, not only it, Jess Bishop, uh, Kimberly love, love it. Uh, genuine Nick Barker, genuinely appreciate y'all. Tony MBA, long timer, genuinely appreciate all the long timers. We've had a hell of a, uh, a trip and we're not even, we're not even at the first gas station guys. We're cruising. Okay. All right. Hey, so do me a favor. It's that time. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I will see you all at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Friday, October 27th, 2023. I'm Steve Prentice. 
iLeakage attack steals emails and passwords from Apple devices and browsers. A team of academics from Georgia Tech, University of Michigan, and Ruhr University, Bochum, have created a new speculative side-channel attack they call iLeakage that, according to Bleeping Computer, not only works on all recent Apple devices, but can also extract information from the Safari browser, as well as Firefox, Tor, and Edge on iOS. They say, quote, at core, it is a timerless specter attack that bypasses standard side channel protections implemented by all browser vendors, end quote. More details on the methods used for bypassing Apple's mitigations are available in the technical paper the researchers published, and a link is available in the show notes to this episode. Okay, so I know some of you uh, may have noticed, you probably go back and uh, pause it, as I scrolled, it was like unfurling. Hey, Joel Belton with the gifted subs. Thanks, Joel Belton. Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. Uh, my eye raised as I entered into this uh, um, infographic here. Uh, pretty cool research. Um, here's here's the TLDR for everybody. One, um, if you are running, uh, it, it, well, if you're storing passwords uh, in or you use Apple Safari, okay, on your iPhone, uh, there is an attack that can get your, uh, basically anything that you're typing into, it doesn't say it, but that's the way I got it. Anything you're typing into Safari, right? Whether you're typing a password, whether you're typing a message, whether you're typing uh, a six-digit pin or whatever. And basically it does a side channel speculative attack similar to Spectre. Now, what I want to tell you is this is academic research. This is working. Okay. So it's not a theoretical idea. This is working in a lab. I do not think this is interesting to discuss. Maybe you want to post about it on social media, but from a practical day-to-day I'm at risk uh, perspective, I do not think that this uh, uh, reaches that level. Okay. Now, obviously if you're a VIP, you're the president of the United States, you're using an iPhone, you know, maybe it, it, it goes in there. Uh, but basically what it's saying is a, a side channel attack is in a, like, just so we have terminology, a side channel attack is where you're not directly attacking the specific, you know, software or technology, and you're attacking something else that happens to allow you access to whatever the, the compromised in this case, data is. So, you know, I'm not an I'm not an expert on the Spectre attack, but if my memory serves me correct, basically what it is is the way computers work. It's not like magic where you you know you type in a password and hit enter and it it sends it into the internet. Like as you're typing and stuff like that, it has to go through. It gets loaded into memory. It gets put on the processor. There's a data call of like what you know, like the driver of what keyboard button press you just hit, what does that map to in like an ASCII tape? Like there's a lot going on and essentially, you know, it takes, there is time, you know, even though it's wicked fast, like so much faster than we as humans can predict or not predict, but like uh, appreciate, you hit the letter J on your keyboard and the letter J appears on your phone. Um, okay, so that happened instantly. No, there's actually like a lot that happens in a short period of time. And a side channel attack, the specter attack, is basically between when you hit it and when it clears out the cache and it shows up on the screen, you're able to pick it. Like you're able to jump in there midstream and grab that data, essentially kind of like a key logger, if you want to think of it that way. 
and the victim is none the wiser because it still goes there. You're just doing an extra read command on memory effectively um, to get that data, right? So th this is this is why it's a side channel attack because you don't see anything. Nothing, nothing around the actual process was modified or, or changed. You just had this like kind of eavesdropping thing that happened. Now, if again, I was at MUSC when Spectre, there was another one at the same time. Um, do you remember, like, can someone in chat, like there was Spectre and then there was another like memory attack at the same, like they both had, like their vulnerability logos were like getting merged together. Uh, I think it began with an M. Uh, but anyways, the point is, I evaluated this. It was not a practical wholesale, um, you know, uh, cyber attack to be concerned with. So it's interesting, but I would not put this on the level of like clear your schedule, cancel the kids' soccer games, order some pizzas and coffee. We're going to be here all night. It's not. It's not anything like that. So it's in, it's interesting in that way. Um, meltdown. I think it was. Yeah, Spectre meltdown. Yeah, they came out at like the same time. So this is the Spectre. Oh, the days of when vulnerabilities got cool logos. Oh, I remember those days when I was young. But okay, anyways, cool research. iPhones are not invincible. Remember that. People who think that iPhones and Apple computers are not, um, can't be compromised or wrong. CISA protests potential 25% but Hey, what's up, Jack Scott? <laughs> Cut as catastrophic. Oh my God. This is from Eric Goldstein, Executive Assistant Director for Cybersecurity at CISA, speaking at a House Homeland Security, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Protection Subcommittee hearing on Wednesday. The 25% cut to CISA's budget has been proposed by House Republicans. Goldstein said that CISA will effectively be, quote, in a period of stasis even as our adversaries evolve, end quote, adding that such cuts would make federal networks more vulnerable to attacks from U.S. adversaries such as Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea. Surge. All right. Okay, so a couple things here. One, this is news to me. Um, listen, 25% is a pretty significant haircut. Now, I would also say that any any federal agency taking any type of budget cut is going to say like, oh, this is going to be catastrophic. Like the government, they're not a for-profit uh, entity, right? Or they're not supposed to be. So when you get budget, you typically try to spend the whole budget. So you're running incredibly lean as you can um, in, in federal government, really any, any um, government, but so take it 25%. You already have your, you know, like te technically like you have projects, plans you're executing against, you have your budget requests going in. One thing that people have to understand is um, with like with, and again, I'm, I'm making this based on my experiences in private sector, but like, dude, when you sign up for like software contracts and, um, services, you typically sign like multi-year contracts, right? So you're signing like a three-year deal with Microsoft. You're signing a three-year deal with an MDR provider. You have ongoing operational costs. It's called OPEX. You have ongoing operational costs for MDR solutions, EDR technologies, operating systems, uh, tech refresh, right? So when we think about like, oh, what's the budget? It's like, Bro, like just just put aside the fact that CISA is doing cybersecurity um, for America and helping America, public and private sector, defend itself. Just think of it as like a business. 
all of the things that it needs to run, the, the, there's like fixed costs already baked in. So when you say 25% pay cut or a budget cut, you know, basically scrap most of the new initiatives. And then you might have to start having some hard conversations with like, like what, what, what you have to cut that you need. Okay. So like, I, I, I always say it, it's like, you know, cutting the fat off the bone. Right. And then at some point you're shaving bone off the bone because there's no more fat left to cut. And you're like, literally like, what, what am I supposed to do? Uh, budget cuts suck. Our, our, our economy is slowly listing, if not taking on water. Uh, so this isn't a good sign. Now, having said all that, um, I, why on earth, again, again, I'm fully biased here and I admit it, but why on earth are you going after CISA, bro? Like there's literally multiple conflicts going on, like geopolitical multinational conflicts going on in the world right now. Cyber warfare is happening. We've seen it deployed in multiple instances. There's espionage going on wholesale. There is a thing called BRICS that's standing up. Not to say that BRICS is adversarial or, or um, evil or anything, but I'm just saying, like, it's 2023, y'all. Cybersecurity, integrated systems. We have critical infrastructure. Like, it's all very important. Like, you're going after CISA and their budget? Dude, if Jenny Silly has done anything, she has demonstrated how valuable and impactful CISA can be when it's allowed to execute on its mission. Now, I am getting reports right now that CISA's budget uh, for 2023 was $3.1 billion. So they would have to take a cut down to $2.3 billion. Those numbers sound, you know, like unbelievable, right? Like, oh, like, oh, you can't do your job for $2.3 billion. So it's kind of, I mean, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it, but I'm telling you, the devil's in the details. When you crack open the ledger and you look at where all the money's going, um, from a transparency perspective, 25% is wicked hard to cut. So, um, you know, I hope they don't suffer those cuts. You know, if they do have to take a haircut, maybe it's less 10%. Maybe they can't do super cool initiatives, but um, I don't know, man. I feel like it's so, so like, okay, actually, you know what? I am going to lose my mind for a hot minute. Fashion! Listen to me. I have seen this more than once in my career, okay? The business is looking for money to sit like to, looking for money basically. And the way they get money is by cutting budgets and they look at information security and they're like, what do you do here? And it's like, well, we protect you. And it's like, we didn't have, oh, hold on. I'm doing it. We didn't have any breaches last year, Jerry. I spent $3.1 billion and nothing happened. And it's like, yes. Um, I want you to follow that logic for a second there. And, uh, I'll have some coffee. Get back to me when when it like when the light bulb goes off on on what you just said. Yeah, we didn't have any because I'm doing my job. It's the most infuriating thing when you're trying to like the 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 better you are at your job in information security, the less it looks like you're doing or the less good the business perceives. Now, if your business is a trash can tire fire absolute engulfed in flames and you're running around spinning plates, flipping, you know, pancakes and frying pans. And you're just like, ah, like losing weight. You look unhealthy. The business is like, Jesus, Jerry's really kicking ass. I'm sorry, Kenny. Jerry's really busting his hump. Did you see him here all weekend working his A off? 
And it's like, yeah, it's like budget approved. It's like, you are missing the point, my friend. You are missing the point. I, we shouldn't be running around. This thing should be locked down, smooth sailing. I should be able to be on a beach chilling, not sweating and stressing out because this place is a complete cluster. All right. So that's always been a major challenge, right? And this is why GRC is so important and why we have to be excellent at communicating because you need to you need to demonstrate that what you're doing is delivering on that quiet, on that lack of anything happening. All right. Ooh. Oh my God. So many times. All right. The hypervolumetric HTTP DDoS attacks. The threat landscape has entered a new chapter, says Cloudflare, noting that, quote, the number of hypervolumetric HTTP DDoS attacks recorded in the third quarter of 2023 surpasses every previous year, end quote. This is according to a report that the company shared with Bleeping Computer. It says, quote, over 89 of these attacks exceeded 100 million requests per second, and the largest one peaked at 201 million requests per second, three times larger than the previous record, which occurred in February of this year, end quote. The report also explains that the increase in severity of these attacks is due to a new technique named HTTP2 Rapid Reset, which threat actors have leveraged as a zero day since August 2023. All right. I do love, um, obviously I do love infographics, but I do love, um, threat actors and their like vigilance to pushing denial of service attacks to a whole new level. I feel like, I feel like, um, threat actors that are into denial of service, they're like, um, like Donkey Kong speed runners or something right like that. Like they're, or, or just like video game speed runners. Yes, we, we all know about it. Not many of us do it, but the people who do it are like wicked into it, okay? And if you don't know what speed running is, it's like where you play a game like Super Mario Brothers and you see if you can beat it faster than anyone else has without um, using like a game genie or cheating or anything like that. So anyways, denial of service attacks. Uh, we had, you know, back in the day, low orbit ion cannon, single. Then you had something like tribe and... Um, we could opt in. Then we got into um, the like the Mirai botnet days where you'd have uh, compromised IoT devices and networking devices uh, uh, checking in with some type of controller, like the Mirai controller. And that got up to like 500, 600,000. Then we got into like, this is basically just like a, a quick timeline of the evolution of denial of service attacks. Then we got into the memcache where um, if you if you Google memcache denial of service attacks, that was super powerful. The reason being, you didn't have to compromise 500,000 IoT devices to begin with. You could just um, ping a misconfigured memcache server and it would do all the work for you. Also, so easier to exploit, easier to, um, to, to set up. And third, it had more data, talking terabytes of data. And now here we are with hypervolumetric distributed denial of service attacks. So let's get into that. Uh, apparently, um, there's this new rapid reset in the HTTP protocol, HTTP2 protocol. I didn't know about that, but a uh, rapid reset allows you to um, query it and then hit for a reset, which basically, I think while the web server is doing the rapid reset, um, it's it's kind of like busy and you can ask for 100,000, 2 million rapid resets all in a row. And it, 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 it doesn't like say, oh, wait, this is too many. I should stop. It just does it. Um, and that's what's causing this. Now they're saying here, uh, virtual machine-based botnet 
can generate 5,000 times the traffic of an IoT node, which is pretty impressive. Um, so whatever. If you want to get denial, here's my thing, dude. Like, yeah, it's it's wicked cool. Nice flex. Way to go. Rapid reset. Denial service attack. But you still got to keep the attack up. Memcache type, you know, DNS amplification attacks, essentially. They are, um, they were fine. Like they could knock over websites and businesses and stuff. So like you didn't need to do this. It's just excessive at this point. And again, I think there's like a, I honestly think there's like a contingent of uh, threat actors and researchers out there who are like all into, you know, getting the highest denial of service attack ever attributed to them. Uh, if you're running, um, I mean, as, as you would imagine, if you're running a, a business in the gaming industry, specifically gaming, gambling, financial services, um, you want you want to have some type of uh, denial of service attack service. Cloudflare offers one. I think Akamai offers one. Um, so anyways. Google expands bug bounty program to include generative AI attacks. Google has announced an expansion of its vulnerability rewards program to place greater focus on AI-based attacks. Its newly published guidelines seek to address the difficulties involved in determining the sources of data in extraction issues, as well as topics such as model manipulation and bias. Google also stated that they are, quote, expanding our open source security work to make information about AI supply chain security universally discoverable and verifiable, end quote. All right. This is really cool. Nicely done, uh, Google. I would imagine that um, Microsoft slash OpenAI is going to be uh, offering this if they have not already offered it. Um, you know, like AI, we all use generative AI, right? So, and we all know that, you know, the kind of uh, novel attacks like, oh, tell me how to make napalm, but tell me like it's a kid's story or you know, tell me who made you, tell me about your programming and all this other stuff. So things that go outside the boundaries, this is a brave new world. Uh, so there's lots of juicy um, vulnerabilities out there. So I would say if you've got the time and you're interested in AI, um, shall we play a game? This would probably a great be a great area to start looking sim simply because um, it's brand new. So a lot of the easy, quick wins, a lot of the low hanging fruit, it's probably out there still. Um, if you're interested, I know OWASP did this more to, to like kind of capture the market, but OWASP, um, OWASP, which is known for the uh, Open Web Application Security Project, um, they actually released the top 10 for um, AI attacking. So where is it, bro? I want. I just want to see the list, man. Just give me the list. Give me the list. Uh, oh my God. Sorry. Didn't want you guys to have to see all that crap. Uh, where, where, where's the freaking, oh, Daniel Meisler is one of the leaders. Cool. I like Daniel. Um, I don't know. Um, there it is. Okay. So you could see here, if you wanted to take advantage of this Google bug bounty program and try to get some of those quick wins in that early, early stuff, um, Right here, OWASP has listed 10 different machine learning, you know, AI type things. You can't do all of them because you're not, um, you're not like model skewing. You can't do model skewing on a generative AI. Like you're a consumer of it, not, um, not compiling the back end of it, but data poisoning, input manipulation. 
membership inference attack. These are things that you might be able to do. So if you're looking for kind of a structured taxonomy on how you might want to approach in a in a deliberate, uh, repeatable way uh, to attack this generative AI bug bounty program, uh, start here. OWASP top 10 uh, machine learning risks and giddy up on it. Again, I love it. Oh my God. What are we talking about? My cabling? Okay. 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 Anyways. Um, yeah, whatever. Good on Google. Um, again, I, 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 I expect other uh, AI groups to do this. And now a word from our sponsor, Vanta. Growing a business? That likely means more tools, third-party vendors, and data sharing, also known as way more risk. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform brings GRC and security efforts together. Integrate information from multiple systems and reduce risks to your business and your brand, all without the need for additional staffing. And by automating up to 90% of the work for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, you'll be able to focus on strategy and security, not maintaining compliance. Join 5,000 fast-growing companies that leverage Vanta to manage risk and prove security in real time. Our listeners get $1,000 off Vanta. So go to vanta.com slash CISO to claim this discount. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash CISO. All right, we got a super chat coming in from uh, the James McQuiggan. Last day here in Nashville for ISC2 Security Congress, making new connections, networking. Still on the road since Wild West Hacking Fest. One more stop in St. Louis for another presentation on AI. Hashtag Team Live. See you at B-Sides Charleston. James, you're dang right. Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. All right, guys, it is the mid-roll, which is always a good time. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to the stream sponsors, Barricade, Cyber, Penopsi, and Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, don't sleep on Anti-Siphon Training. They are here to disrupt the traditional training industry uh, of cybersecurity by providing not just high-quality, cutting-edge education to anyone, but regardless of their financial position, which is the absolute um, best part of it. So they can they offer anybody who wants to be a student the opportunity to learn hands-on skills, get taught by high-end talent, and for $0 if that's what you want. Um, you pay what you can. Use the link in the description below. Go to training, go to pay what you can, and look at the upcoming calendar, and you'll see it's, it's ordered by dates right there. Halloween, you can do packet decoding. With Chris Brenton, no big deal. API security testing on Halloween? Sure. Studying for the CISSP? Get in here, right? It's what's going on. Antisiphontraining.com. Thank you very much, Antisiphon. Guys, if you're getting value from the show, I know I went off on a little tirade about the value of information security to a business. If you're being entertained, if you're being educated, if you're just a regular, if you're a hashtag long timer, Hit the like button right now on YouTube. It goes a long way to help other people find the stream. You're literally paying it forward, networking, and doing, you know, doing good for somebody who doesn't quite realize it yet by helping them find the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast. We are working in here every single day, and you know, I want more people to know about it. It's so funny, like. So, I mean, whatever, but like sometimes people will be like, oh, I just found this. How did I not know about this? Or like, wow, this is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, like, damn it. I wish I wish we had found you sooner. Uh, but anyways, all right. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Daniel Lowry 
Daniel Lowry dropped uh, his post yesterday. I checked it out. It was definitely great. Thank you so much, Daniel Lowry, for that. Now, I believe Daniel is in a meeting right now and that he won't be able to attend, but that's okay. We'll pass the baton for him. Thanks, Ken uh, Buga, uh, hashtag longtimer. Hey, guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative that we started ourselves to basically uh, appropriate LinkedIn and make it work for us. Oh, Daniel Lowry is here. Well then, Daniel Lowry, I genuinely appreciate it. Let me explain what you got to do, Daniel. Um, guys, the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Daniel Lowry is about to tag somebody in chat and they are going to have the baton. We ask that if you get the baton, go on LinkedIn and post your cyber story. Why are you in the industry? What motivates you? What inspires you? Then make sure you add the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge to your post and tag me if you'd like so I can amplify. Now, here's the best part. Whoever posts, like Daniel Lowry yesterday, go connect with Daniel. Comment on Daniel's post like I did. Connect with the people in Daniel's post. It'll say right next to their name. Uh, first level connection, second level connection, third connection, right? So if you see anything that isn't first level connection of someone commenting, click connect to them. You will build your LinkedIn network with meaningful cybersecurity, supportive, inclusive, real humans, not bots. And in a few weeks time, you will be stunned at how valuable your LinkedIn feed is, the conversations you're having, the people you're meeting all by taking five minutes a day and doing the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes consistency, which is really part of the game in cybersecurity. So Daniel, if you could tag somebody and let them take the baton and march on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, I would appreciate that. All right. Every single Friday is Grayson's Joke of the Week. And uh, James McQuiggan has been pinch hitting for Grayson for some time, which is uh, genuinely appreciated. Um as Grayson's on sabbatical, but given the holidays uh, in Halloween, here's your joke of the day. Why are ghosts bad at lying? Well, obviously it's because you can see right through them. All right. And as a bonus joke, because James McQuiggan doesn't, uh, James McQuiggan always over delivers. Why should you invite ghosts to parties? Why? If you're throwing a Halloween party this uh, weekend, why should you invite a ghost to it? L let me tell you, because they always bring the booze. Oh, <laughs> boom, baby, boom. Well done, James McQuiggan. Thank you for the joke of the week and the Halloween themes as well um, as uh, uh, the meme of the week yesterday, which was Halloween themed. Let's get back into it. Seiko's August ransomware attack lost 60,000 items. Following up on a story we brought you in August, the watchmaking company Seiko is now stating that the ransomware incident that occurred in that month has resulted in the breach of, quote, 60,000 items of personal data from customers, employees, business partners, and job applicants, end quote. The company says the items include basic customer PII, but not credit card information, also standard contact information for parties involved in B2B operations, and finally, job applicant information. The company is in the process of restoration and making contact with all affected parties. Black Cat Alf V took credit for the August attack. 
All right. So Black Cat, Elfie, formerly Darkseid, they you know, they're they are a um they're a legit ransomware threat actor. Like if Black Cat gets into your environment, you're screwed. Like hopefully you've been practicing tabletop exercises and doing what you need to do. All right, Rick Armstrong's got the baton. Thank you so much, uh, Rick Armstrong. And thank you again, Daniel Lowry, for being part of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Now, Seiko, Watchmaker, um, they got ransomware. It sounds like they didn't pay the ransom. They're just recovering. It is like a birthday cat, GPT. Shall we play a game? Welcome and uh, happy anniversary to you. Thank you for the uh, for the annual uh, ongoing support. So here's the deal. Um, the level of information that got popped for Seiko, you know, job applicant information, some customer information. In 2023, that's not a big deal. Like, like I would even say like when you're doing your risk calculation, it's like, oh, like the impact is not that high. Uh, whereas 10, 15 years ago, like that would have been like, wow, like Seiko stock tanks after massive data breach. Like now it's like, you know, like you just yawn and like, like the CEO is on the on the 14th hole at um, Tory Pines and like the phone rings and it's like uh data breach. Okay. Is it my, uh, is it my, am I off? Is it, am I on the T box now? Like that's where we are in 2023. Um, not to say it doesn't suck, but um, it's just the impact isn't that high anymore. Obviously if I, if I had to guess uh, this data was stored in a database, black cat, any ransomware threat actor, like they can spend time searching around and finding juicy, valuable um, databases. But if the database had some kind of generic name, if they couldn't tell, maybe they just popped it and hoped for the best. Um, but it sounds like Seiko had backups and stuff like this. So it's more, if anything, it's more about um, public uh, response, PR, and um, it's not really crisis management. Like basically they're executing their their business continuity, you know, plan essentially like, Oh, or their incident response plan. Like, Oh, we got hit. Like, let's, let's, you know, go out. We'll tell the impacted uh, people uh, what was hit. We'll tell them that security and privacy is really important to us. We'll double down on our stuff, et cetera. Um, I do think it's interesting though, just as a fun fact, um, Casio got hit like last week or two weeks ago also. So like, you know, sometimes you see the graphics with like what industries are hit, uh, like we actually saw it a little while ago in uh, one of these uh, graphics right here. Most targeted industries, this is denial of service, but like gaming and gambling, IT, crypto. And then like, we, just based on these stories, it's like manufacturing, um, you know, Japanese based uh, watches and then, you know, healthcare. Like it just, it's just kind of funny, not funny, but it's just in interesting to me that like Casio and Seiko got hit within like a few weeks of each other, which is kind of crazy. Grammarly fixes sign-in vulnerabilities. The writing and editing tool Grammarly has stated that it has fixed some user login vulnerabilities that were affecting its social sign-in service through an open authentication OAuth common protocol. The company was alerted to the vulnerabilities by researchers at Salt Security, and no Grammarly accounts were compromised. According to the record, quote, Salt Labs, the security company's research team, noted that thousands of other websites using widely seen social sign-in mechanisms are likely vulnerable to the same type of attack, putting billions of individuals around the globe at risk, end quote. All right. So this was covered in yesterday's news. Um, again, this was around API security. So, And I spent some time talking about how 
how valuable understanding API security is, how API security, in my opinion, is actually a like a burgeoning area to um, to focus on if you're looking to kind of differentiate yourself as a practitioner. Cloud understanding cloud right now is very hot, and uh, not that a lot of people are asking for API security, but I just feel like there's a massive knowledge gap in in most of our industry around API security, like true API security and how to audit and evaluate that. Um, now, Grammarly is just, an, they probably use Grammarly because it's so well known, but essentially uh, there was a identified flaw where like if you got someone's token uh, that they logged into like Facebook, it would work to log into a Grammarly and some other services simply because the way that they had configured the authentication to work with Okta uh, was not properly configured. That that's that's basically the gist of it. Grammarly fixed it, so there's no issue there. Uh, but off you're running now. Nobody asked me. Nobody asked me. Okay, <laughs> so this is a unsolicited hot take. But like Grammarly. I get what Grammarly does, okay? I get it. I get it. It it can help you write better sentences. It can help you write more compelling whatever. It's a keylogger. Am I right? Like everything you type, everything you type, passwords, secret notes to your wife, like an email, a letter to your doctor about this rash you can't quite figure out, all of it goes to Grammarly servers. And then it comes back and gives you some idea like, oh, you may want to, you may want to describe the rash this way, Jerry. The medical term is this, whatever. It's a freaking keylogger. And people are like, yeah, like people pay to install this on their machine. I don't know. I've never looked at the terms and conditions. I don't know if they don't save your data, but uh, I don't know, man. In 2023, the way that data is treated as such a valuable asset, I bet you they don't delete it. They probably remove it that it has to do with you. But if I write, hi, I'm Gerald Osier, and here's my medical problem, like you can't you can't de-identify that, right? Because it's like baked into it. Exactly, Daniel Lowry. We're all friends here. We're all keylogging friends here. Plus, Grammarly's got a really cool color scheme. It's very soft on the eyes. They they do no harm. Again, I'm not I'm not crapping on Grammarly. I'm sure it's a great service. I've never done any investigation. This is just a speculative hot take. Do not. I don't. Please don't send me like a legal cease and desist or something. Grammarly. I don't have time for that. Okay. Leica adds content credentials to camera technology. In an effort to compete with AI-generated issues and protect photographers' intellectual property, camera manufacturer Leica has announced the inclusion of what it calls a nutritional label on images taken by one of its new camera models. This label contains metadata on images taken with a digital signature that can be listed on its content credentials site. Participation with the content credentials feature is on an opt-in basis. Okay, I was uh, doing a bunch of other stuff. Um, I, I was doing much other stuff than listening to this story, <laughs> but um, I am the producer as well as the on-air talent. So uh, for those who work in media, uh, you know that's two different jobs. So sometimes I miss something. Okay, here I love this. I love this. The amount of crap uh, that's going on right now with all the generative AI stuff. Um, cool, guys. Here's my thing. Um, yes, you could put your name or email or whatever. That's one thing. Two, 
we've had metadata, right? What is it? XIF uh, format. Like we've had metadata in pictures for years. It doesn't show up in the picture. It shows up in the file itself. That can all be scrubbed out. So, you know, whatever your, your mileage may vary. Um, we've had stegnography. Oh, hey, stego. Who doesn't enjoy a good stego in a CTF? Guys, we have been, we have had the capability to bake in data into images forever and by forever, like at least the last 10 years. Okay. So way to go camera. I, this actually, to me, this could be a really cool standard, um, um, uh, to, to, to bake in to all these things. Right. So when, cause right now, like if you m make something in mid journey, uh, which I know is not a camera, but if you make something in mid journey, you do technically own the rights to it. You can start using it. And I personally have grabbed someone else's mid journey art cause it looked wicked awesome. And I used it. Right. So you, if people are putting in time, energy, and effort into building these things and they want to own them as a piece of quote unquote, uh, you know, art that they created, having some way to prove that you did it uh, or have some attribution to you is cool. So I think this is great. Um, I do think we're going to need um, not only attribution uh, on who created it, right? Like, oh, this is Jerry's uh, thing. But also as AI gets better and better, I want attribution that says an AI made it in the, excuse me, in the first place, right? So like, not only did like, not only did, Jerry create this graphic or whatever, but this graphic was created using AI. That way people aren't pawning off, um, you know, art is something that they made or more nefariously, um, as we get into like more compelling deep fakes, 11 labs and their voice things, um, you know, like this is not me. That is like, that is not a closed circuit TV camera video feed of me robbing a 7-Eleven. I know it looks just like me, but it's not there. And then being able to look at that video feed and see, you know, a Dolly 3 watermark pushed into it um, is going to help, you know, in, in, in legal matters, frankly. Um, you know, say, say someone like, say someone is like super into like hates you, right? So someone doesn't like you and they like, they're going to like destroy your marriage. So they send some compromising photos of you and another person doing, you know, doing some naughty things and you, they send it to your spouse, right? That's horrifying, right? But if, you know, that's not true, but now it becomes like, what are you going to believe me or your, or like your lying eyes? Like I'm looking at the photo. I see what's going on here. Marriage over, right? Well, if, if there's attribution, if there's watermarking, if there is fingerprinting associated with these, um, then you have that kind of not chain of custody, but you have that authoritative source where you can point to and say, this is bullshit. Sorry, Kenny. Anyways, I think that this is one example, but I think that there's a bigger like social need of fingerprinting and watermarking AI generated content or AI uh, modified content. Microsoft's scattered spider warning. Microsoft has described the group Scattered Spider as, quote, one of the most dangerous financial criminal groups, end quote, pointing to its, quote, operational fluidity and its ability to incorporate SMS phishing, SIM swapping, and help desk fraud into its attack model, end quote. The group has been seen using impersonation techniques with members posing as newly hired employees in the companies that it targets in order to blend in. This group is also known by other names, including Octo Tempest, Octopus, Scatterswine, and UNC3944. Scatterswine? <laughs> All right. So Scattered Spider, um, 
the, the yeah scattered spider this is the threat actor group that's moving quickly they're growing quite quickly in notoriety and they i believe that they're younger uh the way that they're the way that they're approaching their attacks the way that they're doing things would indicate that they're younger like say 18 to 25 years old very into uh like loud and brash type of attacks they had a really famous attack recently, the um, the MGM uh, Grand or MGM Resorts attack uh, was partly Scattered Spider. I think that they were involved with the Caesars attack as well, um, not to be confused with Flaming Donkey. Daniel Lowry, uh, just so you know, uh, Flaming Donkey is a threat actor group that we've created ourselves. <laughs> it's got a logo and we, we're slowly sprinkling it in and we're trying to see if we can one day... Uh, just have flaming donkey appear in miter attack for some reason. All right. Um, guys, they're a fast moving group. You've got to be careful, especially if you work for a larger organization, they are using SIM swapping, which is, um, essentially they can not take your cell phone, but basically make it. So like, you know, they, they get your phone number, right? So then any text messages, whether it's from your wife or it's from a Okta two-factor authentication thing, will send the text messages to you. I said this at my Raymond James talk the other day, and uh, please feel free to steal this and, and tell others or take, take advantage of it yourself. Text messaging, te yeah, that's a good question. Um, so text messaging as a form of SMS is not great, but it's not, bad. Okay. If your choice is no MFA or SMS text message for MFA, right? So let me stop using acronyms. If you're going to set up multi-factor authentication, so you log in with a username and password, and then you have to do something else. If the only option for something else is a text message, then do it. It's got weaknesses, obviously, but it's better than nothing. If scattered spider Go like you're increasing the level of effort for the threat actor. So if they get into SIM swapping, they still need to get your username and password. Unfortunately, some of their techniques are getting your username and password reset to something they know. So there's that. And then disabling your MFA, which is what happened in the MGM resort story. So um, so it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect solution. Uh personally, the way that I treat MFA is the following. Um at the very bottom is no MFA. Right above that is the phone call, which I think the phone call MFA is terrible and we should just deprecate that altogether. And I could I could go into reasons why. Then text message, then one-time rotating pat. Well, then the email with the six-digit pin or whatever, then the one-time rotating password, and then the hardware key, um, or biometrics right below that, and then like the hardware key right after that. All right. Oh, what are we celebrating haircut fish? What do you do? Uh, all right. I, I don't know, but I see haircut fish doing good stuff. So way to go haircut fish. All right. So anyways, be careful. Uh, one person posited in here. Uh, do you think that this could be lapsus related? Okay. So remember lapsus, uh, was very braggadocious. Um, they hit like, oh my God, who do they hit? They hit like LG NVIDIA lapsus hit a couple people. And the 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 kingpin of Lapsus got arrested. He was like a 17-year-old in the UK, but a lot of Lapsus was operating out of Brazil. This very much could be uh Lapsus. I don't remember the level of sim swapping they did, but um 
I don't know. There's a new generation of kids coming up and there's going to be some subset of them that are curious tinkerers or, uh, you know, in economic hard times and, and, you know, want to do these type of activities in order to, to, um, be successful in, in, you know, quote unquote successful. So it could be the lapses kids. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Remember to join us later today for super cyber. All righty. Looks like we're about 8.56. We kind of cruised through this show today. Unbelievable. Guys, I got to tell you, I feel like the hour, the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast, the hour, it goes so freaking fast. It's unbelievable. Before you go, if you are here just for the news, don't leave yet, okay? We've got a couple things I want to share with you. Later today at 4 p.m. Eastern time, we are doing the second wet run of the Simply Cyber Con. We, we... Um, me, Kimberly, uh, Joel Belton, BSEC, Eric Taylor, James McQuaid, like so many of you, Mike Miller, um, are going to be doing Simply CyberCon. This is a wicked sick, awesome cybersecurity conference, absolutely free. Um, and it's all about inclusion. It's all about um, helping people, networking and doing good stuff. It's in 12 days. Go to S, excuse me, go to simplycybercon.org to learn more. But in order to make sure that we deliver an awesome experience for you on November 8th, we're doing we're doing tech tech stack uh, walkthroughs and dry runs to make sure that we are dialed in on November 8th. So if you want to come, it'll be like lighthearted fun. It's called a wet run, not a dry run, because I'm going to have a beer, um, you know, because it's Friday and why not? Uh, so come come hang out with that. The other thing I want to tell you, and I. I am so reluctant or not reluctant. I'm so I guys, here's the reality. I have a ton of stuff going on like all the time. And sometimes I just forget about things um, until I remember. And something I know some of you have been posting on social media about it. And I genuinely appreciate it. Let me, let me share this with you. Um, it's November 8th, 11 AM. So check this out guys. Um, Check this out. Um, there's a company called XM Cyber. Okay, uh, I'm gonna have uh, Edmonds Ost bound by time. Um, so check this out. I worked with a company called XM Cyber. They commissioned me to build a entire course on uh, continuous threat exposure management. I built that entire course. It is. Look at me. Look at me right here. I don't know why it's like chunking out right now, but this is a full course. It's absolutely free. You get five CPEs, you get a Credly badge, you get a certificate of completion, and you get taught by me. If you're interested, you could take this course asynchronously. And it's all about good times. When you're done with the course, you will know exactly what continuous threat exposure management is. And I want to tell you, if you work in vulnerability management, you definitely want to take this course. Um, oh, the wet run is at 4 p.m. today, Eastern time. Yes. Yeah, Nick, this is one of the things I've been working on. So check it out. Yeah, let me... Can I show you this? Yeah, that's me. So if you're interested in getting a cool, fun, free education, five hours, learning a burgeoning um, concept in our industry, in our industry Go check this out.
Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot, too. If you're interested, if you're interested also, um, I always forget about this, but um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know. Many, what? Oh, my God. Is this it? Yeah, just FYI, guys, I have my own uh, school, my own, uh, it only has one class in it right now, but it's the GRC Analyst Masterclass. So many of you have already taken it. I typically don't mention it because so many of you already know about it. And and, and thank you guys for those who tell other people about it. I, I have over, I, I want to say over 20,000 students in the GRC Analyst Masterclass at this point. I have gotten like... I've probably refunded three students. Um, one student did a chargeback yesterday, which makes no sense. But like literally, I've had tens of thousands of students and I can count on one hand the number of like problems I've had, like three refunds. Like one person said they didn't like the, my style of teaching. Okay, that's cool. But hey, 19,997 uh, people, give it a thumbs up. Uh, so giddy up on that. All right, guys, we're right at nine o'clock. I do want to um, ask you all, if you're interested, we're going to go ahead and rate. I have a 9 a.m. meeting with actually Brandon Poole from Panopsi Security, uh, this guy right here. Uh, but if you'd like to do a raid, uh, Neil Bridges, T with a hacker, um, is doing his show right now. I'm going to drop a link. If you guys want to do a raid, let's raid. Raid, 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 raid. So, hey, what's a raid? A raid is where we all go over. There's 287 of us right here. Let's all go over and raid um, Neil Bridges' stream, which is basically just saying hashtag raid in the comments. He is on YouTube right now. I've dropped the link to the YouTube feed. Uh, it's going to look like this, by the way. All right, there's Neil and uh, guest talking. So let's go ahead. I'm going to do... Hashtag simply cyber hashtag raid. Okay. There we go. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Congratulations on Friday. Thank you for all you do. Gabe Lister. Great job, Daniel Lowry with the um, the baton pass. What's up, Kathy? I saw you in chat. David, thanks for the great words. Guys, I will see you all at 4 p.m. Eastern time for the wet run. Be well. And until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Come